1: Welcome to another episode of Turnbuckle Talk, powered by TheGorillaPosition.com and a proud part of the Roar Network, presented by the Hitting the Marks Podcast Network, also now in association with NDPW.com. We are sponsored by Caller and Elbow.com, where you can get 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout, and now in partnership with cityvapers.com where you can get 15% off all your e-juice for your vape by using promo code JKPODCAST. We can be found on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching at TB Talk Pod. To listen to the podcast, you can find us on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and all those other podcasters out there as well. As always, I'm Big Joe, and this week I have, from the Hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, hashtag HTM Sports in the Monday Locker Room, Mr. Rick Vickery. Welcome back, sir.
0: The Big Joe, it's me, it's me, it's that art of the beat of the V, Rick Vickery. Back again with you, my friend. Uh, The second round for recording. Mm -hmm. So we're going to be dropping back-to-back days here. But, hey, man, it is good to be back on Turnbuckle Talk. It's been a hot minute, but I always look forward to coming in the studio with you, rapping on a little wrestling. I think, Joe, you let everybody know uh, on this record, we sat down Monday morning. You joined uh, Michael Jargo and myself over with the Hameen Media Group in the locker room as we did a duel a dual podcast with the Hitting Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. So we ran through a lot of great information, kind of reliving all the excitement that was the weekend. We started out looking at Friday yep. with the NWA's Hard to Kill. We went to the NXT brands, Worlds Collide. And, of course, we broke down all that you need to know about the Royal Rumble event. So if anybody is really interested, to so check that out. They can head right on over to one of the great platforms that you can find. Right here, you know, the Turnbuckle Talk podcast on uh, HittingTheMarks.com. You just want to look up, look up for the Hitting the Locker Room episode. You're going to be able to catch myself, Michael Jargo, Big Joe, yes. reliving the weekend. So you and I, we had to redo this run a little bit, but it looks like you got some, some hot topics for us to talk about this afternoon.
1: Yep, it is a little bit after the fact we're recording here, but uh, recently on uh, AEW Dynamite they did something kind of special here. Uh, What's interesting is that this year they recorded the uh, Chris Jericho's Rock and Wrestling Rager Part 2, or Second Wave of there, but just kind of fast forwarding a little bit to the they have announced that they are going to be doing this again next year. But what's going to be interesting is this, this year they taped and then aired. On Dynamite next year, the word is that they're actually going to be broadcasting live from the crew. so that would be kind of interesting to see logistically and how they pull that off. But this year, they did um, a pretty damn good uh, show here. Did you get a chance to watch uh, all this?
0: Uh, absolutely, it was yeah. locked in last Wednesday checking this thing out, and it, it is interesting that you mentioned that they're they're going to attempt to go live with mm-hmm. this thing. You talk about some mega bucks, over the top production. It's going to be interesting to see how they grow as a company from this year's show the pre-record into, you know, making that that leap, if you will, to to going live last year. But, yeah, I thought this this was a good – it was a fun show, a a nice steam show. They did a little bit of business. Uh, We had some big developments. Mm -hmm. And it it looked like that everybody that was on the cruise was having a a tremendous time. Can't wait to hear Carl's experience next week when he gets back to sit down with you. Uh, I also had a good friend, Mr. James Hand, that's involved with me with Hot Tag Marketing. Where we kind of, uh, we handle digital media, design, video production for a handful of promotions here in the uh, indie wrestling promotions here in the Ohio area. So, looking forward to hearing about his experiences as well.
1: Yeah, I've already seen some of the pictures. Uh, Carl's only released, I think, one or two out there on social media. I've had a chance to see them all before everybody else. And uh, he got some really cool uh, photo opportunities and whatnot. And uh, it sounds like he really had a good time. Like you said, uh, next week on the podcast, we're going to kind of get the first-hand account and everything that happened there. Like you said, they did some really interesting stuff here. Right off the bat, they did something that I wasn't really expecting. We had... Adam Page and Kenny Omega versus SoCal Uncensored, uh, specifically Kazarian and uh, Scorpio Sky for that AEW World Tag Team Championship. And a match that went just shy of 20 minutes. And they put the titles on, uh, on Page and Omega. This was a legitimate surprise. And uh, very interesting, given the the whole dynamic going on with uh, with with Page and Omega right now. So interesting that uh, you know, because they seem to be kind of at odds, but still at times kind of working together. I, I, I like the move, and it's uh, created uh, like just it's it's interesting because it's not kind of cut and dry exactly what's going on. So uh, it's intriguing, and I, I like the kind of the approach.
0: The dynamic that we have is certainly going on between hangman and omega that that's Mm -hmm. of great interest it's one of the main focal points the storylines they're driving here uh real quick though before we jump to them taking this this huge win capturing gold let's talk about scu i think they it it was the right choice Mm -hmm. you know to to crown them the inaugural champions we have that now Mm -hmm. in history such a a cherished and decorated tag team such as scu such a tremendous unit. The popularity continues to rise each and every time out. It, it's unbelievable. But the time was right here to, to pass the titles along. I'm going to compare the reign and the decision to put these titles on Hangman and Omega to what we were talking about, you know, just on the Hitting the Locker Room podcast when we were talking about the NWA and their decision to put their tag team titles on James Storm and Eli Drake. Mm-hmm. Now, had they not gone ahead and done that, you know what's what's the appeal behind this team? What's even their the, in their logic, their reasoning? Why do they stay together? You know that could be applied here to yeah. Omega and Hangman. Okay, you came together as a team. You know, Hangman doesn't so much want to be associated with the elite, but but Omega's there. He's saying, "I got your back, buddy. We're we're cool through this. I know you're struggling through some issues here. That you're." you're or taking a little too much of the consumption, but hey, I still got you. I still believe in you. You're destined for greatness. I want to be here with you. Now they and they climb through all these ranks. They've got some big wins. You know, last week, you know, securing this spot in that big fatal four-way, a huge win for this team. Just it's a, right there at the tip, and now they have conquered the the mountain. If they would have lost this. I mean, what would have been the reason to continue on to start back over and make this climb again? Mm-hmm. I think this that giving them the belts was really just you know that hook that glue to hold these guys together so we can continue on with whatever direction is going between the two of these. Uh, my podcast partner Michael Jargo he has thrown out a tremendous a tremendous pitch here. Everybody assuming it's got to be the drunk guy, right? He's got to be <laughs> the villain. No, yeah. let's have a swerve here. Let's put this on Omega.
1: Yep, I could see that uh, sort of happening, and like I said, it's, it's in, interesting because uh, we don't really know what's kind of go on beneath the surface there. And, and uh, Kazarian and Scorpio did a good job. You know, they were the the first champions. It was interesting that, the, and I like that they kind of put it on on the vet, the, the veterans. Kazarian has been around uh, forever, and Scorpio. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to watch Scorpio Sky work in the ring, do yourself find, uh, even if it's outside of AEW. I mean, uh, the guy's an incredible worker. And, um they they have a, a good thing going there and Chris they kind of do this uh free bird kind of thing where I think Christopher Daniels is kind of out of action right now but he might eventually kind of get back in there again so it's uh it's it's interesting I like what they're doing there uh next they had this one was a bit of an, a bit of a strange one uh it was kind of oddly kind of placed on this show I think we had uh, Britt Baker versus Priscilla Kelly who I had no idea that was even uh, part of the company Um uh, yeah, kind of coming out of nowhere. And what was kind of really bizarre about this is after the match was finished, because uh, Brett ended up getting the win over her, she had arguably probably one of the worst promos that I've kind of heard in a little while, and even... Cut cut off on a, like I, I stated when we started talking about this. They record this, put it in the can, and then they aired this later. So this wasn't live. They 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 cut her off even uh, in the, the production uh, for, for the recording. So it was. I think even they were like, eh, just go a commercial. It was very. It was strange. Just the, the whole approach of that whole thing was right there.
0: It, it it was certainly. For someone, you know, Britt Baker, she is the dentist. She is yeah ultimately qualified to work on your mouth. But in this case I would suggest that Britt you keep your mouth so shut. That, that promo was beyond terrible. Yeah. And and wondering why they would leave this thing in 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 the edit cut to the commercial break. I'm just wondering if they feel like with their booking <sighs> and plans going forward here, they they needed to get her turned. I'm not even necessarily sure the reason behind this. You've your focal point. You've got so many monster heels inside this division. You got the, everything building up around this nightmare collective. Yeah. What is is it necessary that we turn her at this time and ho- going forward? Hopefully that you're cutting pre, t- you know. Well, I mean, this was pre-recorded, but don't do it in front of an audience. No. You're doing backstage vignettes where you can manage her through if you need to do multiple takes and have an agent working there right with her. Hopefully that is the direction that they head here. It's it's going to be interesting, if anything, how bad it was, and that they actually aired it makes it interesting to see what direction they're going here. In this match, to me, it, it was more about the debut of Priscilla Kelly, her getting a look with AEW. Mm-hmm. As you said, you really weren't aware that she was with the company. Yeah. What's strange about this thing is, you know, recently it's been reported that she has worked out a deal with Major League Wrestling who is going to begin showcasing women in-ring matches. Mm -hmm. So it was believed she was going to be heading there. I I don't think there's anything that's preventing that going forward. But we're talking about on this cruise. It could have been because she's there. She's married to Darby Allen. Yep. So she's there on. She's there partaking in the trip. They might have needed, you know, somebody, hey, we need someone to go out here and do this job. We're gonna get you some airtime, get you some exposure. She's got a, a unique look, a unique style. I thought she went out there and looked like a million bucks. Before we got ready to record here, I, I wanted to start looking a little more into Priscilla Kelly. I was asking you this, Joe. Have you ever heard of this show, my my big fat gypsy wedding?
1: Yeah, I mean, kind of vaguely. I'm not a big watcher of reality television as much as you are, but uh, I've 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 heard in kind of seeing bits and pieces of these big fat shows yeah
0: well you know i'm not just a fan of reality television i am yeah. a, a fan a huge fan of terrible, terrible. <laughs> cheesy reality television yeah. so let's get that right there hey and this qualifies as every bit of that mm-hmm. this was something run a couple years ago i don't know if they still air these things but it was on tlc which i don't i guess like wwe that doesn't really stand for mm-hmm. anything anymore they're just call letters But it's on TLC now, you know, TLC so much run, you know, they're known for uh, my my 15 wives or my big fat ass life. But this was one (laughs) of their hit shows was one of their hit shows back in the day. So she was actually featured on one of these things when she was just 14 years old. And in that episode, she's talking about she dropped out of school at 12. She stayed at home to help clean and help raise siblings. But she was looking for a suitor, someone that was eventually going to become her fiancé just at 14 so she could start preparing for marriage. That's 14 years old. She's 22 now. So she went from the dedicated, conservative, gypsy-style lifetime to just eight years later known for removing a bloody tampon. Wow! From her own orifice and yep. jamming it into the mouth of her competitors, you talk about a rebellion phase. No
1: kidding! Wow!
0: Yeah, can you imagine when she brought Darby Allen home?
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely a little strange. Uh, this uh, they kept it um, not as risque there. Uh, the, the characters obviously still pretty provocative there, but they they kept it uh, pretty clean for obviously for network television. But uh, yeah, I, I thought she did rather well, and uh, we'll see and. Yeah, this uh, MLW thing kind of under the surface there. It's uh, clear I think that um, all these promotions are kind of working together a little bit. And of course, uh, yeah, her, her there now. I mean, we've got um, what's her, what's his name, Jimmy Havoc. You know, he does quite a bit with MLW as well. So, yeah, it's kind of interesting what, what kind of goes on. Uh, these other couple matches here before we got to kind of the main event. Um, I, I was kind of yeah, these weren't weren't uh, this um. Jurassic Express versus the Inner Circle one. It was these six man tag team matches. I'm always kind of a little, uh, usually not a big fan of. They did some fun stuff here, but it, it kind of turned into a bit of a cluster as these six man tags usually kind of go. Um, this this one didn't do a whole lot for me. I mean, there's some fun little spots kind of here and there went up, but uh, yeah, this one was just kind of a kind of a time filler in the middle of the show.
0: Well, it actually I like how you, you point that out the fun little spots. I think that's what really killed it for me. It became a little too cutesy. Yeah. Going into this, I really had an expectation as what we saw the previous episode, the the fire and the underhanded tactics that were employed there by the inner circle, taking that spike to the eye of Moxley. Yeah. I was really hoping that this thing no matter where it was placed, I was hoping it would have went off earlier in the show so that it would have left a lasting impression for over the course of the two hours as we built towards the main event. But in either case, in this match here, I, I wanted a, a much more vicious inner circle. Mm-hmm. I, was, I was really expecting for them to, to – we saw Luchasaurus taken out of the picture as yep. he is kind of fighting with, uh, with Jack on the way out. And, and the other Jack in the match, Jungle Boy, have him removed from this thing. I would have loved to have seen, you know, Marco Stunt take some color as Jericho is yeah. seriously attacking him with that spike to continue to show how how hungry and dangerous the champion is.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now in the the main event, we had John Moxie versus Pac for uh, to determine the number one contender, and this was definitely you know obviously the main event here, but uh, I, I think it was pretty much kind of a given we knew that moxie was going to be the guy to take on jericho for that uh championship so yeah, it was i think it was a, a good length of the match you know they 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 didn't go too long in this it didn't wasn't too short so i, I enjoyed this It was a good main event um but i mean we like i said it was pretty much a given that moxie was going to be that number one contender
0: yeah, I think mean, that was a foregone conclusion. So it's one of those cases in wrestling where you don't need to be surprised about the outcome. It's about the, the journey. How do we get there? Absolutely. And, it's just, and as you said, Big Joe, these two uh, true stars stand out for AEW. <clears throat> and it, it was a very solid television main event. And we, we see the, the perseverance. We get a great story from Moxley having to overcome that injury. And now we see how hungry he is and how much he wants that success. You know, that equals the big checks. That's what Moxley's about now. You know, he he's back to those roots. It's about inflicting pain, cash and checks. I'm very happy. It, it still it, it eats it eats me up. I, I get into the, the the great debates all the time. When people want to tell me that John Moxley was Dean Ambrose, that is absolutely not the case. That might be a, a physical proclamation, but yeah. right down to the very soul, they are completely different absolutely. individuals. And so much so, even between the AEW version of Moxley and the New Japan version, they are still so much more than Dean Ambrose ever was and will achieve more than he ever did. And it's saying quite a bit because, you know, he reached the top of the mountain inside of WWE.
1: Yeah, very much with the Dean Ambrose character. He was kind of the the guy kind of on the verge of going kind of crazy, but never really kind of went too crazy. Uh, Moxley is is crazy you know he's he's crossed over he is uh the guy that just uh has, has no regard for his own body and just right. out there just to kick everybody's ass so
0: believe me you know he he grew up just down the street from where i'm recording at Absolutely. right now here in the mean streets of cincinnati in norwood ohio a little mm-hmm. suburb yep. of cincinnati and believe me it can get a little vicious down there so he, he, had, to, he had to he had to scrap to survive so you know that's where Absolutely. he gets that from his upbringing his background it, it's true to his life now on this show too, am, am, am I crazy? Did this happen on the show or did I just see this on social media? Didn't MJF take a big splash?
1: Yeah, the Yumbucks tossed him into the pool. Uh, it was it was funny kind of strange at the same time. Like when he when they threw him in, it was almost kind of like the like he almost kind of pretended that he was drowning or the water was having some kind of effect on. Was it was a little odd, but it was a fun little spot at the same time. And uh, I'm glad you know that they made use of uh, the pool. It was kind of like a prop there. So yeah.
0: Yeah, you know, they didn't, they didn't use it at the bash at the beach. So if you're going to be on the boat the next week, you got to mm. make use of it. Absolutely. I guess you can't really toss somebody overboard into the sea. No. So the next best thing is one of those pools. Hey, and have you seen all those neckbeards there? Mm. And they were hanging out in that pool all week. How do you think that makes MJF feel that he has to go in there right. and be, you know, even share an area, but let alone <laughs> be touched by that water? That, that was frequent man. by all these, these worthless SOBs, yeah. man. That, that had to drive MJ up and sing.
1: Absolutely. It's uh, mentioned, uh, I mentioned, you guys mentioned all the time, I mean, he's just gold right now, knocking it out of the park as one of the best heels in the business. Now, you had mentioned at the top of the show, Rick, that uh, today we had recorded... The uh, what was kind of a combination of the Monday locker room over in the Homie Media Group and the uh, Hitting the Marks Processing Wrestling podcast this week? We talked about the Royal Rumble. The only thing that I kind of wanted to uh, to make mention of that of this from this show because I didn't want to repeat too much of the content that we've already done here today, but uh, had to talk about uh, Edge's return coming in number twenty-one in the Royal Rumble. I mean, uh, after nine years of being away from the company, I mean, one of the louder pops that I've heard probably in a while, probably the last time would be uh, AJ debuting in the Royal Rumble. So it was really cool to see him, and now that he's back, it's uh, apparent that he signed a, a three-year deal. It looks like it's not going to be uh, they're not going to be having him work every week and uh, all these house shows. when it's more kind of like a special attraction working part-time. Uh, having said that, I mean. I would imagine that they're going to have something planned for him in WrestleMania. It's just a matter of what it's going to kind of be. And based on what happened last night, well, I guess well, when this comes out, it'll be uh, on Tuesday. But when, when they did the Royal Rumble, I think it's pretty clear that I think that the, the direction to go would be to have him versus Randy Orton at WrestleMania. And uh, I think that would be a really cool special attraction for somewhere in the middle of the card in WrestleMania coming up this year.
0: Yeah, Edge's return. It was that that big moment that i didn't realize that i wanted
1: right yeah
0: and a lot of that is because you know not that i wasn't a fan of edge not that i don't respect and value everything that he gave to this business every accomplishment that he has there Mm. up on that mantle not because any of those but just in the fashion that he had to leave you know the severity of that neck issue nine years ago to push him to the sidelines. It's still one of those moments that you remember him coming out to relinquish the championship after a successful defense against Albert Del Rio at WrestleMania yep. to come out and deliver that heartfelt speech, tears in his eyes, all the emotion. And for him to have to step away from this, I mean, it's a, its a drug of a profession. Once you, once you get that taste of it, you can't get rid of it. Professional wrestling yep. consumes you. You know, we experience that from you know the, where we stand on this side of things, from mm-hmm. the journalistic side, or yes. you know, or working as a staff, you know, as calling matches, or working as a ring announcer. But that ultimate overdrive, that, that desire that burns inside of you when you are a, a talent, a performer. There's nothing like that in these these men, these women. Once that's in you. You can't get rid of it, yeah. and no matter how long it might be. So this has taken nine long years of a journey back to where they feel that he is safe to compete inside the ring. And I know that's that's of great concern. Going around, if it's over in the guerrilla position discussion group, if it's in the Hammy media discussion group, any of the circles that we're on, I see this on Twitter, people are expressing that concern. And it was scary a few times watching him take those bumps in that match, hoping that everything works out. But we no. got to believe that they have the finical, finest medical staff. He's got the best doctors in the world, you know, giving their blessing that you can go chase this dream again. And Big Joe, as you said, a three-year deal. But it's not like he's going to hit the road. He's not going no. to working all these no. live events. I'd be really interested to see exactly how many dates this is. I'm, I'm guessing – Anywhere from nine to 12 over the course.
1: I would think so. Oh, that's, three years. I think that's a pretty safe uh, assumption. And you had uh, made a reference there about, uh, kind of being hooked to wrestling, almost kind of like a, a drug. And even with us, I mean, with uh, we, we've been around and paying attention and watching wrestling for the better part of over 30 years now, um, yeah, and even uh, you know, even us uh, as podcasters and journalists, or whatever you want to call us, you know, we've we've all kind of had those down moments about wrestling. But at the end of the day, I mean, this is something that we all have a passion for, and, and yeah, we have down moments, but then there's other times where just yeah, we we get right back into it again. I mean, even going back to the beginning for myself, when I first saw Mister Rowdy Roddy Piper in the ring, he was my initial inspiration and in, uh, in what really got me into wrestling. And uh, after seeing him, I mean, I was completely hooked, and, and, and since then. Oh. wrestling it's 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 a weird business uh, it's a love-hate relationship sometimes but uh, it's more love than hate thankfully
0: well, I think, you know, the hook there is it in the reason that I, I regularly tell people it is hands down the greatest form of entertainment and sports. It is the best of both worlds. It is larger than life personas. You know, it it's reality personified, the athleticism, all the you know, the commitment, the dedication to it. Anything can happen in any you know, from any genre, all these different personalities, the over the top that you just get from professional wrestling, it's, it's unreal. It's undescribable, And that's, what's so attractive. And that's what draws individuals in. And for those like us, as you said, you know, that be 30, 35, pushing 40 years that we have been committed to following this. That's where that love and that desire and that drive comes from. And especially for those that, you know, make that jump, that have trained, have given themselves to that, have, you know, traveled the indie scene, Busted their ass, you know, for that $20 payday, and mm-hmm. they come back and do it again just because for the simple love. That's a journey that, that Edge took. And for mm-hmm. someone, especially for him, that went to the very top of the mountain, that was one of the faces of the biggest company in the world, who was able to stand there and have moment after moment at WrestleMania, y- you don't get rid of that. And you're hungry for that. You're going to you want that back. Hopefully everything is okay. You gotta trust in this medical staff and that the company themselves will do everything they can to position Edge properly and protect him. As you're talking about, what are you know, especially on this road to WrestleMania here? I think one of the there was two things from the Rumble that really jumped out at people is that that stare down, that showdown <laughs> with AJ Styles, yep. and then there was the elimination. If that was by necessity. Or something they had planned, we're gonna have to watch that, or maybe it's something like a happy accident that fell into their laps. I think people are going to be really excited to see these two eventually hook up. Yeah. And then it seems like there was more of a focus on what what is the potential between Edge and Randy Orton. Those two getting together. I don't, you know, there's no one more professional that knows what the hell they're doing inside that ring than Randy Orton. If you're gonna protect Edge, you gotta mm-hmm. believe, you know, his former partner and the Viper of a first, you know, as soon as he's eligible to get the hell in there, hall of famer is going to be one of the choices for it.
1: Yeah. I mean, arguably one of the smoothest operators that you will see in the professional wrestling ring. I mean, Randy Orton, Going back to OVW training with Brock Lesnar and all the John Cena and all these guys, uh, part of that whole group there, and just yeah, when you when you watch Randy in the ring, just I mean he's just super smooth and it's just I mean no no wasted energy. So yeah, if I'm thinking of who to have a match with that would uh, not only put on a good show but help keep you safe at the same time, I mean he ranks right near the top of my list. So interesting to see. Um, on the road to WrestleMania, which we're on, uh, which direction they're going to go.
0: I am willing to bet, though, you know, we've, we've got a, a few big events coming up before WrestleMania. One of those is, is quite a significant payday, and I'm sure that fan uh, base and those in charge there are, are going to be clamoring and, and pushing WWE to get Edge included on that show, and that would be the next installment of Blood Money when they make the trip to Saudi Arabia. I believe yeah. that is February 28th. Right. So so that's, you know, a little over a month away. I could see that being the reunion of Rated RKO, uh, potentially going there and taking on the OC, taking on Gallows and Anderson. I think that would be uh, a fun little matchup and an easy way, you know, to ease him back into a more traditional style of matches instead of something like the rumble where it is a little bit pacing and you can watch yourself a little bit more. You hit those big spots and then bow out, take your time. And, uh, you know, another individual as we saw a showdown, it has a built in story that they're going to have to revisit sometime sometime in the future, which would be a huge match uh, for current day WWE and those that, you know, that love the past. Remember, Seth Rollins was going to mm. stomp Edge's head into that yes. mat going back when he was with the authority yep. and Edge couldn't take any of that physical contact. Well, now Edge is back, baby. And Rollins, the, uh, the Messiah, mm-hmm. should be looking over his shoulder.
1: Yeah, that's definitely an interesting one as well. So yeah, they have a number of different approaches that they can go through. They can do all of them in a, in a row. We'll see what they decide to do there. Um, one the, the, the next topic here is something that uh, it's kind of strange what this has kind of developed because uh, this guy, and we're talking about Brian Cage, probably one of the, the hottest kind of free agents kind of going into business right now. and Everybody was trying to anticipate where he was going to go. Was he going to go to AEW? Was he going to go somewhere else? And unfortunately kind of in the the midnight hour however you want to kind of word it uh, an injury uh, looks like a torn bicep has kind of uh, thrown a wrench into our, our plans here and he, I, I i don't think that he's going to be doing too much for a little while here that's a pretty serious injury a torn bicep is a, a pretty major muscle in your body there and uh yeah, it, it's and this isn't the first time with him as well. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't think we could say that he's necessarily injury prone, but this just seems like it's it's happened at kind of a weird and an awkward time, right? As he was getting ready to, you know, possibly I, th- I think AEW was uh, de- more than likely the destination, but this is really throwing a wrench into not only his plans but probably the plans that they had for him there.
0: Well, <clears throat> before, before I talk about the contract situation, I, I think what's re- what's most important is really what is now has come to the forefront and this is the injury issue. Yep. I think there is the bigger problem that needs to be addressed here is what do you usually hear when people are describing Brian cage, that mm. a guy that size of, you know, that build, that physicality, he's doing things in the rain that he has no business doing. Yep. And usually, you know, they're trying to, they're using that description as a positive. Now let's flip the coin here. Yes, a man of that size, he has no business doing <laughs> the things he's doing inside yep. the ring. That means slow it down, dude. Yep. There's a reason your frame is not able to... It's, it's great. It's incredible that you can pull off you know, all of this this Lucha arsenal. Yeah, That's great. But you don't need to do it in every single match. Now, far be it. I mean, somebody like me, The RBV, Rick Vickery, sitting here on Turnbuckle Talk, or if it's a Monday in the locker room or something, hitting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast, no matter where the hell it's at, he's not going to listen to anybody like me. He's not even listening to individuals, you know, his peers. He's not even listening to those, his mentors. I mean, the the guy's slogan is, get his shit in. Yes. I mean, it's the whole thing, get my shit in. No matter what match, he's going out there full throttle, and now, more than not, it's coming back to bite him in the ass you're that size, you have that power. change your move set on the regular rely on that power that just that ah of your physique that you're you're this freak of nature. and then in those big moments, those big matches, those marquee spots, you know those main events, then you break out the athleticism. Yeah. You save it where less is more. He has to understand that going forward. Now this whole contract deal, you know this thing broke. Just prior to Impact Wrestling's Hard to Kill. Correct, yeah. And at that time, when this thing broke, he was still under contract until midnight that night. Yep. So you have his wife, Melissa Santos, goes right to social media. She's feeding the trolls. She's playing to their game. <laughs> Instead of no-selling this thing and trying to create intrigue, like, you know, just tweeting out, who knows? You know, we're, right now we're worried about hashtag hard to kill. But who knows? Hashtag impact. Hashtag NXT. Hashtag a she's sitting there. She's feeding these trolls. She's going right at them. Makes me wonder, you know, if if they realized nothing was signed at that point. They didn't want things getting leaked, especially with this injury. This might have come into play and delayed something instead of going and signing for that money. You know, he might be sitting in limbo right now waiting to heal until they might have said, okay, our, our per our doctor's request here. We know, we know the injury's there. It's a pre-existing condition. Mm-hmm. So what we'll do is we're going to let you heal up. Then we're going to reassess this deal going forward. I mean, that could have been that's, – that's a very big reality of this yeah. situation. You start leaking these issues like mm-hmm. this, and it could ruin deals. That, they might have been trying to protect themselves on that.
1: Yeah.
0: Is he a smart signing for these, for these companies? You're, you're, you know what you're getting here.
1: Yeah.
0: He is, he is injury-prone. Because of the move set, you're going to yeah. have to slow him down a little bit. I think the right, the right destination certainly is AEW right now. With that size, yeah. he has a different look.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, but they are even smaller in stature than just you know their their physical frame, but their height as well. Brian Cage is not a big guy; he's only six foot. All these people I, I hear all these oh he's like Lex Luger, <laughs> no, Lex Luger was yeah. six 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 five. You know, Brian Cage is six foot. You go back to that Impact uh, hard to kill. He's standing in the ring. He looks, he's eye to eye with Rhino.
1: Yeah. Uh, you had mentioned the, um, you know, the, the high octane, the balls to the wall kind of approach. And, uh, even, um, with us in Turnbuckle talk here, going back uh, over three years now when, when we talked to Brian, when he was in the midst of his Lucha underground run and, and even just talking to him, you know, it's, it's, it's it's very, very fast paced um, and just high octane. Even when you're just talking to the guy, it's just, as soon as you kind of wind him up, he's like a, he's like a motor mouth, that guy. And, uh, and and I don't mean, don't mean that in a bad way, but I mean, you can very much see the the parallels between, you know, how he is when he's just talking and kind of being himself and then himself in the ring. It's just, it's, it's a very high octane, high, high fast paced kind of thing that he goes to. And uh, if he's going to be part of a big promotion and, uh, and have a big contract, like you said, less is more. You, you got to slow down a little bit, bro. So that you can have some longevity in this business. Otherwise, you know, we, we could run into some trouble here. And, you know, I don't want to be all doom in uh, in doom and gloom and say that you know that's it's, uh, it's a career ending thing. But I mean, if this happens too often, especially if it's a recurring injury in the same part of your body, it could become a career ending move. So he's got to kind of do less is more. Less is more.
0: Well, I I love how you put it out there. You make that comparison though. What we get from what you actually see with Brian Cage in so many ways. From the indications, you know, you guys spoke with him. You had him on the show here at Turnbuckle Talk. Mm-hmm. I had an opportunity to let's sit down with him for, I don't know, five to ten minutes at a warrior wrestling show. Yep. And you're right. You know, it is. It's high energy. Yeah. It's go, go, go. I mean, it's just his personality, who he is. Yep. It, he's got to be able to separate those a little bit. As I said, you know, Be he's going to listen to somebody like us, but someone's <laughs> got to be able to get through to him. With that personality, with that look, he could have a long, lustrous career, yep. where where the sky is the limit. You just gotta, you just gotta protect, you know, protects your business and your body is your business. Absolutely.
1: Going from uh, kind of along the same vein, but with somebody completely different here. This is one that uh, I think a lot of people are already kind of just assuming, you know, th- th- this is uh, the case here. I'm seeing conflicting reports regarding. I'm talking about Killer Cross and. What's interesting when you look into... When you Just when you Google and you just look up uh, kind of what's going on with him, it looks like everybody's just kind of assuming WWE. And I've kind of seen to the contrary that it looks like MLW, at least for the time being, is where he's a- ending up. Because uh, from what I'm seeing here, he's actually slated to be part of the um, Fightland event in February 1st as part of uh, MLW. So I think everybody's assuming that he signed with uh, WWE Is uh, possibly jumping the gun a little bit?
0: Well, I I don't necessarily think it's jumping the gun on the WWE talks. I I believe that they are they're they're well into negotiation. Yeah, the thing is probably almost done. Let's look at the time of year. You know, it's hard to make that transition to WWE, especially around WrestleMania season, because the dance floor is so crowded, and that's across all the brands. Mm -hmm. If you wanted to bring him into NXT, he might be one of those big names that. That you bring, you know, just after the WrestleMania season because they have got a lot of that in place. You know, where do you insert him into the card?
1: Maybe that Monday Night to, Raw after Mania. Maybe they could, because uh, that tends to be the night of debuts, right?
0: Wait. Well, I mean, that would be a huge move. I mean, they would have to have a lot of trust in him that he's ready to go if you're going to bring him to <laughs> Red or Blue. Uh, if it's NXT, any time in that week to make that big surprise debut, or maybe he, you know, he is one of those individuals that debuts. At, we've seen that regularly at a takeover yeah or they get that that prime spot that acknowledgement that they are here they're on board they're getting ready to rock and roll when they you know, just give you the, the- the still shot as you're sitting in the audience. Those have become big moments in the NXT, for the NXT brand.
1: Uh, What could could be intriguing is if they do decide to wait till after WrestleMania, if he is going to debut with WWE, and if they want to bring him right to the main roster, what what could be really intriguing is if you have him debut alongside his current girlfriend, who is signed with the company, Miss Scarlett Bordeaux, if you can debut both of them on the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania, then I think you would really have something pretty cool there.
0: But well, I think in inside of this as well, and going to MLW too with, with <clears> Cork, <throat> you're going to learn uh you're gonna get some insight into that style. So that it is a good place to go get your feet wet. Just yep. not saying, you know, that that Killer Cross needs to be retrained and all that, no. but just making those little adjustments to the WWE style. That's why we see so many individuals, people get upset like, well, they've been on the industry. So they don't, need, they don't need to go to the performance center level. Blah, blah, blah. Uh-huh. Well, you're going there to learn a WWE style, which is much different it is. and about your pacing and your positioning and whatever it might be for all, you know, the over the top production that they present. Yep. So you need that to kind of fine tune and crisp up on what their expectations are. I, I guess one of the biggest concerns for his fans, and I don't think anybody should really suggest he doesn't go there. I mean, this is still the top company. Mm-hmm. It's the the biggest dogs, and he has that personality, that size, he can fit into the WWE universe. Yeah. Now now the intensity, the the darkness, the hunger that we have seen from his character work, how is that going to translate? to the WWE universe. So in that sense, I would trust a little more to let, you know, as you're wading through that pool, adjusting to the waters that NXT would probably be the best where they seem to be a little more lenient mm-hmm. with those style or they maybe not lenient, but understanding of what those characters, what those personas really represent and what they need, as opposed to just jumping on in to old man McMahon and and Bucky.
1: (laughs) Yeah, true. Uh, That's uh, that's a very good point there. So, yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, Now that you mentioned that, yeah, I think NXT would make a little bit more sense and kind of then maybe possibly transition over to the main roster or maybe even could be one of those ones that, hey, maybe you just stay in NXT instead of everybody always having to have to jump ship from one over to the other.
0: I really wish that they would do. When we're talking about a persona like Killer Cross, and we were talking about... You know, on this week's hitting the locker room crossover podcast with the the Monday locker room and hitting marks pro wrestling podcast about the, the seeming disconnect and and lack of understanding when it comes to the fiend, it would be so incredible if you took characters of that nature yep. and and specifically assigned them an agent producer that was going to to handcraft and work side by side with these talents. I mean, how? I it, mean, brilliant is the perfect word here, but how brilliant would it be to put Matt Hardy in that position?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Or maybe even Abyss, who as far as I know is still working with the company. You know, you have so many great minds to to kind of pull from there.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you got Jeremy Borash is one of the producers, you know, your yep. video package producers. But if, you know, agent-wise and, and creative-wise, you could give Hardy like his own little behind the scene click one. faction that he oversees and he's handling their Interesting. programs. Interesting. Uh, I mean, that seems like the perfect placement, and it seems like that you know Hardy desperately wants out of this company. You know, it goes to social media, and it's like he you know he's pleading for help. He he mm-hmm. wants to succeed. He wants to help them grow, but he's getting nothing in return. Yeah. He's going to end up somewhere, and it if it's not continuing on and helping out WWE, then it is a tremendous loss for that company.
1: Yeah, if somebody else was able to snag up uh, Matt Hardy, that would definitely be huge. So another thing to kind of keep an eye on if I if we see anything about you bet one of our one of our shows here is going to definitely mention it. All right, Rick, Before we go to our showstopper segment here, which I think is going to be pretty interesting, let's do our match of the week segment here. And since you're the guest, I'll let you go first. Uh, what was your favorite match in the this week that was professional wrestling?
0: I think you know, this is hands down. This one, this is cakewalk, man. It has got to be a bravo. Standing applause to the agent agents individual individuals that put together the men's royal rumble match yeah. so, you know a damn near flawless in, in my mind uh, i can nitpick here and there uh, at a <clears> few <throat> different things but overall you know this was the meat and potatoes. this was the marquee obviously the main event what individuals were coming for and it absolutely delivered i think this is uh, was a nut a much needed kick in the ass for the wwe universe. I can't recall coming out of a big marquee event weekend where there's been this much excitement around the WWE products where people are actually looking forward to tuning in to a Monday Night Raw. Uh,
1: I'm actually completely agreeing with you, Rick. Uh, the Man's Royal Rumble match was my favorite match from this week. We saw a little bit of everything in this match. We saw Brock Lesnar kind of dominating that first kind of half uh, of the match and, and virtually eliminating every, every single person that was put in front of them. I mean, just just to blow through the list here, we had Elias, Eric Rowan, Bobby Roode, John Morrison, Kofi, Rey Mysterio, Big E, Cesaro, Sh- Sheldon Benjamin, Shinsuke Nakamura, MVP, Keith Lee, Braun Strowman. I mean, yeah, he eliminated all of those guys in one single match. That's pretty damn impressive. And then as we kind of made mention to earlier today, it was, it was almost like a, this match kind of had two kind of halves to it. And then we saw it uh, kind of become more of a mixed bag. And then Drew McIntyre was kind of the one that kind of uh, took over here. And when we saw, you know, we saw Edge coming in. So th- this match had a little bit of everything. We, we, we had the the one guy kind of dominating. We had kind of the, the variety. We had the, the big return. We saw the, the, the kind of... Arguably, the kind of unexpected result that this match had a little bit of everything, and like you had said, whoever was the producer and who kind of uh. Had all these kind of moving pieces kind of going here. I mean, uh, they, they did a great job on this and uh, they exceeded my expectations because my expectations were very low going into this. And uh, I'm just, I'm, I'm very happy and very pleased that they exceeded my expectations and they, they pulled off something here pretty damn cool, uh, given what they had to work with, because it, it, uh, it definitely could have been worse. And they managed to pull something very, very cool. And uh, I got to give them props when it's due.
0: It's just refreshing to see fans excited. Uh, about the wwe product when it comes to the red and blue and that's exactly what we got coming out Mm. uh, of the royal rumble especially that royal rumble match i guess since we both agreed there how about an honorable mention go back to friday let's give some love to the nwa and specifically their women's division where we saw thunder rosa capture the nwa women's championship from allison k two incredible individuals underrated, not, I would say underrated, but under the radar mm-hmm. that they don't get the recognition that they have earned two of the top stars in all the world, especially, especially Allison Kay, who, you know, I put up there probably number two, but most certainly in my top three, four. Yeah, absolutely.
1: All right, Rick, we're going to take a brief break here. We're going to come back with our showstopper segment. Uh, and it's going to be, I have a, I have a question to ask Rick and uh, what it is, We're going to have to wait and see when we come back. This week's episode is brought to you by Caller and Ebble. Visit CallerandEvoBrand.com where you can get an additional 10% off when using promo code JKPODCAST at the checkout. Including this week's featured item, the mirror pullover hoodie. right, guys, Big Joe and Rick Vickery back here on Turnbuckle Talk. This week on the Showstopper segment, we've got something a little bit different. Since I have Rick in the studio here, I figured, you know, I've asked Carl this question and I've asked your co-host, Mr. Michael Jargo, about this last week. And I'm going to ask you this week here, uh, Rick, for our Showstepper segment, what do you want to see out of the professional wrestling business in the year
0: 2020? Hmm. Interesting question here. You know, it's so much, so many directions that you could really go at this thing here. I guess the first thing that, that I would put out there is the old saying, you know, what is old is new. Mm-hmm. And in terms of professional wrestling, as we're moving into 2020, into a new decade, uh, I would hope that, you know, these promotions, if it be, you know, the top promotions, WWE, New Japan, AEW, Impact, Major League Wrestling, Ring of Honor, whatever the case might be, those top promotions all the way down to the great local promotions that are running throughout the, you know, a sense of the territories, like a battle on the border, a revolution pro wrestling, a legends of the squared circle that that I am all fortunate enough, you know, to work with here in, in Ohio, all the indies around the world. I would hope that, you know, What's old is new. Let's take a step back. Let's slow down a little bit. Let's focus more on the true fundamentals, the 101s of professional wrestling. And that's storytelling. That is character work. That is defining and developing personas and not relying so much on the dot dot dive yeah. video game style that so many people are now are trying to pass off as professional wrestling. Now for the talents, when you're in that ring, Logically work through your matches instead of worrying about pops and spots. Present a more, you know, a viable and believable product that looks, you know, like a crisp fight instead of a choreographed dance routine. And that, that's where I'd start at, Big Joe.
1: Yeah, you know who's a great person to kind of watch and kind of learn that from. Go on to YouTube and search up Al Snow, and you're going to find a whole bunch of stuff for him. He did. A series of kind of interviews and spots I believe it was for uh, Hannibal TV where he kind of really broke down a lot of aspects of the business and one in particular that still kind of sticks with me this day he was talking about the punch in professional wrestling and specifically the, the closed fisted punch and how it's overused in matches and whatnot. just that he has a very much that, that older school kind of philosophy you know of just how to kind of properly put together a professional wrestling match to have it believable to, to have it uh, appeal and to get the proper reaction from your audience I mean, just it. I mean, just listen to what he has to say, and you you'll learn so much of this guy that just has a wealth of knowledge. And and thankfully now, you know, with uh, him and uh, being higher up in OVW now, I mean, for all those talents are. I mean, who better to learn from than than Al Snow? I mean, just uh, an incredible mind to to kind of learn all the aspects of this business from.
0: Well, it's tremendous that you mentioned OVW and Mister Snow. Pretty high up. I don't think you get much higher. He owns the damn place. <laughs> Absolutely. But it, 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 it was just a couple weeks ago. I had the honor to make a trip down to Louisville for yep. the Nightmare Rumble event. Had a backstage access. Was able to get into the building earlier. I was down there having some meetings there about potentially, you know, getting on board, being able to go there and learn yep. from the great minds at OVW to to join that team. You know, to be able to use my voice to help out in a ring announcer capacity. Uh, met some just amazing people. But the overall experience and vibe that you get there, it was, it was unbelievable. I, I can't even begin to, to truly pay justice mm-hmm. to, to what I was able to see, what I was able to take from that through just describing it. it. It was ultimately one of the greatest feelings, not just that I've had in professional wrestling, but professionally and personally. It was amazing. All of the talents, I mean, they were so welcoming. And you could tell about how much they care about their craft and how that old school, those elements are being instilled into this next generation that is coming, that is emerging through this learning program at Ohio Valley Wrestling. It's simply incredible. And in talking about Ohio Valley Wrestling, that really is the perfect transition to my second point of Mm -hmm. what I'd really like to see here in 2020. And And that is a return to an emphasis on an appreciation and an importance surrounding live events the need to get out to go experience professional wrestling live there is nothing like it especially on the indie scene ovw does such a great job they're so welcoming when when, right when they let those fans in they feel appreciated they and it's not so much in a sense of you're a part of the show but we want you to you know, to come along on this ride with us, to, to be in awe of our superstars, to help lift them up. And they're very interactive. They're very engaging. Yeah. That's what we need more of on all levels. And you see this quite a bit. And, and now you know, I have branched out, you know, in my everyday job of, you know, what, what we would call, let's call it the mark job. You know, I work in, in hospitality-based marketing and that includes live events and bringing that experience to the consumer. Now, recently now I've reached out, I'm working with some different indie promotions here in Ohio to help enhance their live event experience. And we are going to be right out there with them. They are going to feel this show right down to their core. It's going to it's going to grab their soul. They're going to become true fans of this. And more indies need to get involved with that. It's not about opening the doors and we're just doing wrestling and our talents are showcasing them. So you need to embrace the the fans and give them the ultimate experience. And this goes all the way up to WWE. And their their simple problem is well, we come through your town. You should appreciate our brand. No. You need to make this a larger-than-life experience, especially in a very, very competitive entertainment world where, I mean, you've got movies, you've yeah. got restaurants, you've got sporting events, you, whatever it might be. It's in high competition for the consumer's value dollar. And when you do wrestling right, there is no better <laughs> show than it. WWE needs to get yeah. back to that. And there's a number, a number... Of, I guess, bullet points or strategies that they can employ to recapture that magic because they've lost it.
1: Absolutely. Now, for for me, uh, I I think I'll just kind of – if you haven't listened to the last couple episodes where I kind of did uh, what I want to kind of see, I'll I'll kind of reiterate here. Uh, For me – Getting very very specific with a couple of things here. Number one, uh, this is directly with WWE Mr. Vince McMahon. Once the XFL begins, I think Vince needs to shift his focus over to the XFL and let Triple H and let the the younger blood run the company for him. I think it's become very blatantly obvious to the majority of us now that, that Vince is very out of touch and very tone deaf to the way things currently are. He needs to kind of step away, go focus on, on XFL, and let everybody else kind of run things. You can you can see the effect in NXT uh, where Triple H and a lot more people are, are, are kind of running things there, and you can see how successful and um, how good it is and let that trickle over into... Smackdown and Raw, because I think it's desperately needed. And for me, the other aspect of, you know, that I want to see is just when it comes to social media and all this kind of nonsense and petty bullshit, for lack of a better term, going on here, that that, that kind of needs to stop. I mean, social media is a very powerful tool when it comes to, to promoting and whatnot. And even in your, your day-to-day job, Rick, uh, social media is a very powerful thing, but it can also be a very big negative when not used properly. So that, that's something that I think really needs to, to change as well. Uh, these talents doing too much and in, in interacting too much with the, the wrong kind of people, uh, it's a real detriment not only to themselves as, as, as professional wrestlers, but to the, the promotions that they're representing as well.
0: Well, you've seen what Seth Rollins has <clears throat> done to himself. when you know, He's trying to take the social media, believing yeah. that he's standing up for his company. Uh, he completely has put his foot in his mouth. Absolutely. Uh, Tessa Blanchard is seeing the same thing right now. You know, just yeah. let bygones be bygones, or whatever the hell. You don't need to be caught up in these little digital media cat fights. Yeah. You're representing a company here. You worry about your business going forward. One of the ideas that I always thought was so tremendous, Ben Hamen had pinched this for so long, is that these companies need, you know, someone overseeing the talents, digital media. Yeah. So you've got Absolutely. somebody that's it, it, a manager of this, and and even more so. That while you're monitoring this, if someone steps out of line or somebody, you know, exposes a bit of their business or goes in a direction that the company has pretty much, you know, told them not to, that they actually get fined for this, that they're yeah. held accountable yeah. so that they're not just getting into these little back and forth feeding, feeding these marked hard trolls online. As you said, Joe, we shouldn't look at it as a negative you know, social media, digital media is a very powerful tool when used properly, mm-hmm. but it can ultimately backfire on you.
1: Yeah. You, you mentioned, I, I think, two, you, the, two of the best examples there was Seth Rollins and Tessa Blanchard. And Seth Rollins is... Uh, Specifically, I, I think that that whole interaction with, with Will Osprey. I think just, I, I think it just put more of a focus kind of on Will Osprey uh, rather than uh, on Seth Rollins in that situation. So that, that was kind of a weird one to to, to kind of see on unfold. And I, I think it completely backfired on him. And uh, Will Osprey, I think it was the one that kind of benefited in that uh, in, in that interaction there. And I think that you made uh, a very good point there. That I think that when it comes to the stuff. It needs to be monitored and if you step out of line, if you do something that's detrimental to yourself or your company, there there needs to be some kind of disciplinary action there to kind of get the stuff under control because it's very much on the verge of getting out of control and you can make an argument that that, it are, that kind of already is the case. So yeah, th- th- those are for me the, the two big things. Uh, Vince, it needs to step aside and the social media aspect definitely needs to be closely monitored. Otherwise... Yeah, uh, we're, we're seeing a lot of negative effects from it.
0: 100%. All
1: right, Rick, well, I think that about wraps it up. Uh, it's been a very busy week in the, the, the world of professional wrestling. As, we, as I had mentioned, we're, we're on that road to WrestleMania now. So I'm, I'm hoping that this year it'll be a, a good build towards WrestleMania and not this let's wait until the week before because I had mentioned that Vince has this weird philosophy now of, well, everybody kind of buys in the last minute. So we have to wait until the last minute to throw these storylines together. No, this is WrestleMania. This is supposed to be your marquee, your big, your Super Bowl show for the year. You need to get people invested and get us believing in it so that uh, we can actually enjoy it this year and not feel like it's just a thrown together thing. So I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm hoping that we'll see a good, strong bill towards WrestleMania this year. Uh Please, guys, just do this right and uh, make it good. Because right now, your ass got owned by Wrestle Kingdom this year, so you guys need to pull off a good show here. So I, I'm optimistic and I hope that they, they, they do right. All right, Rick. Well, before we do go outside of what uh, we're doing here today, let everybody know uh, if they're hearing you and hearing us for the first time, where can they find you outside of uh, Turnbuckle Talk here today?
0: I say, you know, it's refreshing to see people excited, but we have still got a long road to go on our way to WrestleMania. Plenty of of stops, plenty of excitement to be had. And as you said, Joe, right now, we've we've got a good vibe. Hopefully they can continue to ride this wave, and this will will be one of those that we're going to talk about for years to come. But as I said, on this road, you're going to keep up with everything that's going on, all the news, the happenings, the notes, the rumors. well big joe i wanted to thank you thank you one more time here was an absolute honor to come on to fill in for carl for turnbuckle talk can't wait till he gets back to hear all about yeah. His experience on the Jericho cruise, everything that was happening, that's going to be one hell of an episode. I'm sure you guys will be dropping that next week, so that's a must tune in for. But as we are on the road to WrestleMania, is refreshing to have a little bit of excitement. People people fired up for the red and the blue. So there's going to be a lot to unfold as we head towards Tampa. So you're going to want to stay in touch with everything out there. So that could be over at the thegorillaposition.com. It could be at ndpw.com. It could be on Last Word on Pro Wrestling com or of course across all social media platforms you can follow up on anything keeping in touch with the Hamin Mean Media Group or me personally Rick Victory at the Real RBV.
1: All right, guys, and on that note, we will see you guys on the next one.
0: It's me it's me, it's an RBV to as you can tell in the background, we are out celebrating. That is what we do here at HittingTheBarbs.com. Now, invite everyone. To continue to tune in to Turnbuckle Talk, but check out all of our other shows. We have content, especially led up by the flagship show, Getting the Marks Pro Wrestling Podcast. You can find that all at hittingthemarks.com. Run.